Hey folks, Libba here. Today's episode is from an oral history interview with Cecilia Hadley to share the story of her great aunt, a local hero named Miss Bessie Bickers. Miss Bessie was a local school teacher in Gainesville in the early 1900s who was known for her positive attitude, fun-loving nature, hard work ethic, and especially her love for animals. Bessie founded the Humane Society of Hall County back in 1913, which remains one of the oldest humane societies in Georgia. I learned of Miss Bessie during one of my dives into a great online archive called the Digital Library of Georgia. I found a photo of an older woman crouched down holding a dog and a cat at what appeared to be a humane society. And curious to know more, I, I made a post on a Facebook group called Remember in Gainesville, Georgia, where folks can share memories of their time in Gainesville. By simply asking, did anyone know Miss Bessie Bickers? I received a flood of comments from former students of hers and those who knew her. Commenters described her caring nature, the impact she had on their young lives, the many dogs and cats she helped give loving homes to, and the Miss Bessie sightings along Washington Street as she drove her truck to the Humane Society. This post also led to my meeting Cecilia Hadley, Bessie's great niece, who offered to come into the studio for an oral history interview about Miss Bessie. I love that we get to share this local story and I know that it's sure to inspire. Here's Cecilia. Hello, my name is Cecilia Bickers Hadley and I am Miss Bessie Bickers' great niece. Miss Bessie was here early, early, early. Shortly after the Civil War, <laughs> her Mother and father lived in Virginia, and it was after the Civil War. He was a, her father was a farmer. Her mother was a teacher, I believe, and came from a rather privileged family, according to her. her uh, she had to write a, like a resume of experience when she came here and started to teach. And she told a lot about how they got here and why they came. They lived in Virginia. They married in Virginia. After a few years, she said, her, this is Bessie's mother, said that his health began to fail and they moved to Gainesville. I don't know why Georgia was the destination, but that's what happened. After they came here, their four children were born. Miss Bessie was the youngest and there were two middle boys. Uh, there was Joseph, who was before Bessie, and then Sam, who died early, we understand from a mule kicking him in the head. So he was only like 40 or 42 when he died. And the oldest son was my grandfather, Daniel Garnett Bickers, at DG, they called him. He was a newspaper editor and assistant editor all over Georgia. He was in Athens at the Athens Banner Herald and the Savannah Morning News and there's a picture of the house that they lived in on Spring Street that looks like a shack. <laughs> and that may have been the way it was when they first took it, but that's not the way it ended up. I have some pictures of the house later as I remember it. So they came here, all four of their children were born in Gainesville. Bessie was so focused on teaching children and taking care of animals, <laughs> she didn't talk a lot about herself. But I do remember that there was a motto she lived by, and it was, it stuck with me all these years. It was, use it up, wear it out, make it do, or do without. <laughs> Having gone through the Great Depression, two world wars, and, and not really the Civil War, but the aftermath of the Civil War, she, she knew whereof she spoke. <laughs> 
What do you think inspired Miss Bessie to become a school teacher? Why was she motivated to do that, do you think? I think it was because her mother was a teacher. Her mother started, if not the first private school in Gainesville, it was at least one of the first. And she first taught in Hall County schools, and she was not real happy with that. <laughs> and she, her mother was a force to be reckoned with. She was a tough old bird. In fact, Bessie's father died when Bessie was about 15 or 16 years old. So it was just her and her mother and the boys, one of whom had, had left home already because he was much older, well older than Bessie. As a school teacher, what do you think Miss Bessie instilled in her students? And what do you think her students gained from her as a teacher? I think self-discipline and responsibility taking responsibility for what they did. I hear, and I never knew this beforehand, but I've heard from several people whose parents were, or grandparents even, were in Miss Bessie's class in second grade at Candler Street School, that she, if you misbehaved, she put you in what she called the dismal swamp. You, had, you were seated away from the rest of the, of the students, and when you decided that you could you were sorry and you could take responsibility for your future behavior, she, she let you creep up out of the dismal swamp and rejoin the class. <laughs> I, never, I never knew that. Miss Bessie was a second grade teacher and I was so excited when I was young because the, I, was, I was going in from, I went to kindergarten but not at Candler Street and then first grade and I was so excited that second grade was where I was going and I knew I'd be in Miss Bessie's class and by golly she retired. Oh, no. <laughs> At the end of my first grade year she retired and started her business with the with the Humane Society. The thing I remember about her classroom, two things, there were be kind to animal posters everywhere all over the walls so she was she was all about being kind to animals and being kind to children, except when they put themselves in the dismal swamp. The other thing, there was a sandbox in the middle of the room. I thought that was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. And she'd use it, she'd let the kids, you know, they'd do measuring activities with it, and it was a learning thing. But she'd let them play in the sand, too. I mean, they could go and, like, build things and whatever. Anyway, it was a, it was a great... It was something that was interesting to the kids. And so when it, time came for a lesson, they didn't feel like they were having a lesson. They were just still playing in the sand. I think everything she did showed her heart and her creativity and her kindness. And I, like I said, I, I was so upset because I didn't get to experience her as a teacher. But having her as my great aunt was wonderful because every weekend I would spend at the Humane Society. Every, every weekend. In fact, when I can't go to sleep at night, I walk the four blocks from 470 North Pryor, where we lived, up the street, turn the corner on Spring, walk up to where the hospital is now, walk up the steps, swing in the swing on the porch. This is all in my mind, of course. And then I walk in the house, and before I get back to the kitchen, I'm asleep. <laughs> it's just, it's calming, because I, I recall everybody's name on both sides of the street, all the way from my house to hers. I made that trip so many times, I cannot tell you. 
But, and Bessie was always just full of fun and always busy and always working. And even when she got really old, she was still had a truck. And by that time she had a driver. My brother drove her for a while to, to chase, go round up strays and, you know, bring them back to the Humane Society. She was still cleaning out dog pens when she was 90. I mean, she was amazing. Always doing what she felt her purpose in life was, either teaching or taking care of animals. She was a member of the Humane Society and the National Humane Society. And like I said, there were posters all over her room. And But she was totally focused on teaching as long as she was doing that. But as soon as she retired, she used her own money. I think there were some former students of hers who, who also helped her with this. But she bought some property on Ridge Road and started the building of the, of the kennels. I mean, she had a vision for what she wanted. In fact, there was an old house on there that we jokingly called the cat house because <laughs> the cats were all relegated to the house and the, and the dogs were out in the kennel in the runs and whatever. But she started it. I mean, she oversaw the construction and everything. And I think maybe the part of the inspiration for doing that was when her mother decided to open a private school on Spring Street in their house, her oldest son, my grandfather, D.G. Bickers, paid for an addition to be built onto the house. I have the construction bill for that. Guess how much it to build, it was a huge room. I mean, it was like 20, 20 by 30, and it ran all the way back, and I think it had a had a bathroom attached. And they didn't have indoor bathrooms too often back then, but they did. And it was $265. Whoa. <laughs> $265 for like a, another house built onto right. the house. Anyway, that was her, her mother... You know, and her older brother were the ones that planned that and made it happen. She watched it happen. I, th I think that Bessie got a lot of inspiration from her family. If you went to the Humane Society, she had a desk in a little park between the kennels on both ends. And there were always papers all over that desk. And there was a phone. And there were cats. I mean, there were cats everywhere. <laughs> they just ran wild in her office. And she loved the cats. <laughs> she was just the most fun to be with. And then she had, uh, the one I'm most familiar with, the pet. I know she had dogs before this. And again, cats, because uh, her brother Joseph, Joe, they were very close. Yeah. Because like I said, Sam, her other brother had died and DG was gone. Anyway, they, uh, he took care of her. They took care of each other. They lived together. A lot of people thought he was, you know, ma they were married, but they weren't. They were brother and sister. And they just stuck together like glue all their lives and took care of what everybody wanted. And one, Joseph would uh, say things like, if he had a garden in, in the back of the house, and he would bring us things every now and then. Then he'll say, well, I got to get home. got to kick the cat before Bessie gets home. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'd, you'd go visit him and he'd, I'd say, well, Uncle Joe, can I kiss you goodbye? He said, if you can find a clean place. <laughs> a sense of humor yeah. doesn't hurt. Would you say that Miss Bessie also had a good sense of humor? Oh yeah, she did. 
We know that she served the animal shelter well into old age. What kind of work did she do for these animals? Anything that needed to be done. Anything. She took them to the vet. She cleaned the, cleaned the cages. She had some help. You know, there were, there were some people that helped her with that. But, you know, if they weren't there, Bessie did it herself. I mean, she use it up, wear it out, make it do or do without. Were you able to witness or hear any stories about the folks who would adopt an animal from Miss Bessie? Or would she have any ways to try and get these animals adopted? She kind of let them come to her. And she would, she was the best sizer-upper <laughs> I've ever known. She would take a look at them and she would, in her mind, with an open mind, decide whether she thought they were good people and would be kind to these animals or not. And if she came up with a negative vibe, she would refuse to adopt the animals to them. She would, she would refuse. And if she heard that anybody was mistreating an animal that they had adopted, she'd go over there and get it and take it back to the kennel. <laughs> she was all about, you know, those animals having a good life. And she sometimes made people mad every now and then because she, she just refused to let anybody she thought would not be a good animal parent to, to have the animal they wanted. She was a selfless person. She really was. Miss Bessie, I take it that she never married? No. In fact, that was another interesting thing I was going to tell you. There were two families that came together after they came to Gainesville. There was the Bickers family, where there was one girl, Miss Bessie, and three boys. Uh, there was another family, the Dozier family, that is my she was my grandmother, and D.G., Bessie's oldest brother, and she, her name was Abarilla Eudoxia, but they called her Rilla Dozier. She was in a family with three girls and one boy. So the, the four children in both families, only one from each of those families married, and they married each other. <laughs> the rest of them remained old maids and bachelors or whatever you call them unattached people. <laughs> so no, Bessie never married. What do you make of that? Do you have any inclination as to why? Was she married to her work in a sense? I think all of them were. I mean, you know, except for these two, her older brother and Rilla from the Dozier family. They were the only two that decided, you know, they wanted a family too. <laughs> I think that the rest of them were just busy. They were just busy working their purpose. The, you know, the strange thing was she ended up in Fellminer Nursing Home, which is right next door to the Dozier house, where Rilla, you know, my grandmother, lived. But anyway, Bessie, Bessie was working up to, I don't know how many months before she died, but she was not in the Bellminer home long, but she had, Joseph had died a few years before, and... Uh, Bessie kind of, she kept on going. She had a good, reliable helper at the Humane Society that would come and pick her up, take her to work, take care of anything that needed to be done, you know, that way. And he helped her clean the pens and do the work. But she, she really was working up till she was like 90. And then her health started failing and she couldn't do the things she used to be able to do. Every time, even in the, in the nursing home, Every time I would go see Bessie, her greeting would be, whoopee! <laughs> it 
that was her her response to life. It was like, yeah, whoopee, yeah. let me at it. Let me do it. Come on in. She seems like such a wonderful and welcoming person. If you talk to the vets, they won't tell you that she was a wonderful, welcoming person. Oh, they didn't like to see Miss Bessie coming because they knew she wasn't there for them to tell her what to do. She was there to tell them what to do. <laughs> and she, would take no, she wouldn't take no for an answer. I mean, she, she would tell them what she expected them to do for this dog, whatever his case might be, what she would pay them to do it. <laughs> so they, they, they respected her, but they didn't like to see her coming because they knew their power had ended <laughs> when she walked in the door. <laughs> Anybody who had her for a teacher would tell you she was wonderful, and, and she was. And I think... There was never a time when anybody got their feelings hurt because of something she did. I mean, she laid out the rules for the Dismal Swamp, I'm sure, way in advance. Now, as long as you behave, this is fine. But if you don't, here's what's going to happen. <laughs> so they couldn't complain about that. But she was my hero from an early, early age. She was my hero. I wanted to grow up to be just like Miss Bessie, except I wanted a family. <laughs> What do you think that Miss Bessie instilled in you from such an early age? Talk to me about how she's sort of memorialized in the way that you live your own life since she was such a big influence on you. I think it was hard work, focus, taking responsibility, and never giving up. Never giving, no matter what bad thing happens, find a way and you, you can get through it. I mean, she was, she was, she was a believer uh, they were members of the Methodist Church, went to Sunday school, church. She loved Lake Junaluska, and the Methodists would have retreats to Lake Junaluska in North Carolina every now and then. She would always go as long as she could. She just had a, she had a strong faith and a strong will and a strong desire to do what she felt like God had put her on the earth to do. We mentioned the big events in her life that she lived through, and one of those was local. It was the 1936 tornado. I tend to ask this question of folks who have lived in Gainesville for a while. Are there any recollections or stories of how that may have affected her or the Humane Society? No. I know that they were, they were here. They were living here. I know that her brother Joe was one of the ones that came to help on the square that day when those two tornadoes came together. I know that they talked about how that thing skipped down Spring Street and would bounce from side to side. It would hit a house on this side and bounce over the other side and mow down two and bounce. Their house escaped damage from that wow. thing, but it went down their street. I'm just so terrifically proud of all she has done. Oh, this I meant to mention. I have this beautiful silver bowl here. That's right. And it was given to her by the Rotary Club in 1951. And it says, To Miss Bessie Vickers, whose life has been devoted to children and the Humane Society, this award is given. The Rotary Club of Gainesville, February 12th. 1951. For folks who live in Gainesville and maybe they also have this love for animals and want to give back to their community, how can people be more like Miss Bessie these days? What can folks do today 
in honor of her life and what she did for the community. I think they can support the two things she loved with anything they can do, education and the Humane Society. If you would like to share your stories of Miss Bessie or other local figures for our oral history project, please email me, Libba, at L-I-B-B-A at N-E-G-A-H-C dot O-R-G. Then Again is a production of the Cottrell Digital Studio at the Northeast Georgia History Center. We greatly appreciate your reviews on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to Then Again. You can follow the Northeast Georgia History Center on Facebook and Instagram, and check out our YouTube channel with hundreds of great programs. Thanks, y'all, and see you next week for another episode of Then Again.